boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tech cursive on the jets, he was going to Sean John them. They were sleeping on the god. Hello and welcome to another edition of Chuddy's Corner. I'm your host, Ben Handler, a.k.a. King Chuddy. Joined, as always by my good friend and co-host nick perino nick how we doing still reeling a bit but doing pretty well <laughs> yeah seriously seriously so nick is of course referring to game one of the celtics net series um which was won by the celtics in truly epic fashion um on a buzzer beating layup by jason tatum the smoke still clearing from the area right now as we're recording it's tuesday april 19th just about 2.15 on the East Coast. Game one uh, wrapped up, what, about a little under 48 hours ago. And game two is tomorrow, Wednesday night, back in Boston. So we're kind of smack dab in the middle. We've had a couple of days to, to process what happened in game one. And I'd say, we're are we ready to, to turn the page and move on to game two? Is that fair? Uh, no, not yet. No, okay, great, great. I am all about too much, that. Too much unpacking to do. <laughs> A lot of unpacking. Um, some people seem a little upset about the NBA schedule that we have this much time off. I'm letting it all soak in. This couldn't be better. If we had lost, um, if we had missed that final shot and lost, I think the time off would be killing me. I'd be dying to get back out there. But as it stands, you know, let it, I'd, have, I'd take a week off to soak in that game one. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Of course, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Chuddy's Corner. Listen to the show, follow, like, subscribe, write a review, whatever you want to do. We love the engagement. You can also get it both of us on Twitter. I'm at King Chuddy. Nick is at underscore Nick Perino. There's a show Twitter at Chuddy's Corner for all our episodes, all the blogs. If you want to just streamline it, that's the easiest way. Or, of course, you can go to nickperino.com n-i-c-k-p-i-r-a-i-n-o.com right on the homepage there you'll see the link for the blog chuddy's corner and you can find all the blogs and podcasts there we've got a great comment section a lot of interaction blogs about all things going on around the nba lots of celtics focus you'll get a recap of every game and of course you can find all the podcasts there along with video and of course you can also get all your real estate needs there it's it's one of the one of the predominant um, crossover sites, real estate, MBA out there. I don't, I don't, can't think of any more off the top of my head that are doing it like us, Nick. I don't know about you. Oh, we're the only one. We're one of a kind. There you go. So if you're looking to, you, you can't decide if you want to kind of do a deep dive into some Celtics breakdowns or shop for a house. I, I can't think of a better place to go. <laughs> Agreed. All right. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Getting into it, let's let's get right into it. Of course, we we potted the other day, both dug deep into the series, made our predictions. Um, since then, we've seen game one play out. Uh, it was, it had a lot. Like you said, there's a lot to unpack from one game of basketball, 48 minutes. The Celtics, of course, ultimately did win game one, 115 to 114. Um, I'm not even going to try to describe the play. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't, I can't believe you're listening to this podcast, but Tatum lay in at the buzzer to win the game. Celtics are up one zero. Where do you want to start, Nick? What's your, what's your kind of overbearing thought from game one? What's your first reaction? What's your takeaway? All that. Um, So the takeaway I think would be 
as we talked about in the last pod, this was kind of how the game shaped up up until that last play, obviously. It was kind of what my fear was, you know, that like as we talked about in the last pod, where it was like, you know, the Nets kind of mucking it up on defense and, you know, making it somewhat hard to score. I mean, it wasn't like they shut us down, but, you know, it was – they made us look a little bit sloppy at times. Um, mm-hmm. And then at times we looked great because ultimately they're not a good defensive team, which was, you know, what we expected. But, yep. you know, playoff ball, the refs kind of swallowed the whistle at times. It was pretty physical. <laughs> not, not in the first half. I mean – the refs didn't swallow the whistles i mean so they it was a physical game and they you know it it was kind of what i was hoping to avoid Mm -hmm. um because you know if the if the nets you know could have some you know resemblance of defense and you know slow us down a bit that was kind of my fear because you know even though we're a great defensive team the nets have two unbelievable you know, offensive powers, they're going to score points. Um, and then another aspect of it was, you know, close games were kind of our Achilles heels all season, even during that stretch, you know, this calendar year. And we got to that point into the game where it kind of almost looked like it was playing out that way. And I have the game on right now and it's the final play of the game. Here we go. <laughs> Marcus pump fake. Tatum plays it in. Unbelievable. All right. Now I can focus. Um, so, yeah, late game. Uh, quick, quick aside, how many times do you think you've watched just the last play? Um, Give me a, a realistic number. Where do you think you're at? I'd say at least all angles count every two hours, maybe since the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably time. around the century mark. I would say close to 100 wow. times, maybe right. more. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but it's yeah. it's I mean, at been least a, it's been a lot. I can't Does scroll it, by it without stopping to watch. No, if, if it pops up in my feed or someone sends something, I watch it, obviously. And then sometimes, I mean, does it count if you watch it twice, like the same clip twice in a row, like back to back? Or is that just yeah, one yeah. view? No, okay, so every view. Doing. Every view okay. counts. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm definitely up getting up there. Yeah. Not quite century mark like you, but. Okay. You'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, it was like, you know, late game when it comes to, you know, clutch last five minutes, there are probably not too many people that are better at getting their shot than Durant and Kyrie and they hit big shots. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my fear was getting a close game. Um, you know, last five minutes. I mean, I mean, that kind of, you know, it kind of showed, I mean, we almost, we almost didn't pull it off. Um, <laughs> so that, well, we'll get into my takeaways for next game, but that's pretty much what I take away from the first game. Um, okay. And obviously, you know, some that last minute heroics and, um, you know, at times we looked great at times we looked, you know, somewhat overmatched at times, but I think it was, you know, the fact that we pulled it out was a serious changer for sure. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. Um, interesting. A lot, a lot more negativity than I was expecting. Um, I don't, which I don't hate, and I don't well, disagree with what you said. I'm just kind of, kind of well, surprised not, you went that direction. It's not. I, I didn't want to start out. I mean, you know, everybody's obviously, you know, real from yeah, and and it's like I <laughs> yeah. am too. But I wanted to at least start out with, you know, because I mean, it's not like it's not like we won that game, you know, running away. It's like 
Yeah. You know, we no, played, no. <laughs> I so, get I mean, it. It was a tough game. They played us tough. It was the yeah. game, you know, panned out as like almost my worst case scenario. So right. I figured that's, you know, I wanted to touch on that first and then totally you know, we, we can get to the, the good stuff and then what to expect. No, I wasn't saying anything was wrong with the take. I was, I was just surprised kind of, I guess. Um, so let me, I guess I'll speak to that first. Cause I could have, there's a million places you could start and there's a lot of different angles you could spin this towards. So um, we'll just keep going in the direction you went. Cause I think that is important. And I think, if you're trying to stay grounded and be kind of realistic and cautiously optimistic, that is, that was the most important thing we said going in and we saw it basically the worst case scenario right off the bat, the Celtics built a 15 point lead. And then what halfway through the, for the, the, uh, halfway through the fourth quarter, it was gone. Celtics were down five, a 20 point swing in a matter of about 12 minutes, mostly in the fourth quarter. That is, yeah, like you said, that's what we all feared. That's, the worst case possible scenario and it happened right there. Game one, it felt pretty bleak. Um, you had the play where Durant kicked it to Irving as smart was kind of going over to help on Durant. Tatum didn't shift up. Kyrie hits an open three to put the nets up five with, I think just under five minutes left. I want to say, and you saw smart and Tatum kind of yelling at each other. It was timeout was called and it was like, Oh boy, this is, it's all unraveling. They're yelling at each other. We're down five. The nets can't miss a shot. We can't score blah, blah, blah. It, it was, that was all the worst things. Now, if you want to go the other way, I mean, it was hard in that moment not to be thinking like, great, here we go again. We have 15 point second half lead. We just blew it. And now we're looking at losing game one, all the awful feelings sinking in. We've, we've seen the, that Celtics collapse a million times, but this time it didn't happen. We came right at that time, out of that timeout. Jalen Brown hit a huge three on that possession to get us back within two, which uh, that play is kind of, I mean, there's so many plays to focus on, but that one right there, like I said, coming out of that timeout down five, it felt like we, everything was falling apart. He hit that shot, gets it back to two. And then it was basically a, a one possession game or tied back and forth the rest of the way without that shot. If it, it might just all slip away, but again, it's a kind of, you know, that clutch time, it wasn't so much the clutch time. It was, the first half of the fourth quarter and the very end of the third where things slipped away. Then in the actual last five minutes, the Celtics responded and did what they had to do. It started with Jalen hitting that three. Jalen made a few huge plays. Um, and then obviously it gets to the situation where we're tied. We were kind of going back and forth, being down two, tied. We had a chance to take the lead, but with a minute left, um, smart with a great drive, probably got fouled, misses the layup, but everyone kind of committed to stopping him Al, with an easy cleanup. He lays it in, ties the game, a minute left. Nets get the ball back. Um, Smart battled through the switch. He was not letting Kyrie get off of him that play. Kyrie looked around and kind of was like, oh, well, that's all cut off. He said, I'm shooting. He pulled up, drained it right in Marcus's eyes. 43 seconds left. Nets are up three. Timeout. Painful. I mean, one of those, like, what can you do moments? I mean, that's what you want. We had our guy on their guy. Didn't give him anything. And Irving just drained the shot. He was, he was going nuclear, you know, that what it happens. That wasn't like it was a breakdown or anything bad by the Celtics defense. It happens. And again, it's one of those situations. Oh, great. After all that, there it goes. Celtics call timeout. What do they do? They come out of that timeout. Great play by Jalen, again, scoring, going for the two-for-one, pushing the pace. He saw that Durant and Claxton were both engaged on the perimeter, took Bruce Brown right to the basket, easy lay-in. I mean, what did that possession take? Six seconds out of the timeout. It was like that. And then the Nets get the ball with about 35 seconds left, up by one. 
Celtics have, I mean, it's, I can't go through every single one in my head, but that's got to be on the short list for their best defensive possession of the year. Um, I mean, smart was down, down in like a sumo wrestling position, almost blocking off Kyrie was not letting him go anywhere. Um, and then Al came over to help. So he took away even that kind of like spin around fadeaway. It looked like Irving was trying to kind of go right through the middle of the lane and, and uh, do a jump stop fadeaway. Al and Marcus were not, not letting that happen. Kicked it out to Durant. Tatum does an unbelievable job staying with Durant and contesting about as well as you can in today's NBA without fouling for Durant still almost made the shot. Um, but you know, back rims it Horford with the big rebound with, 13 seconds left and then boom, boom, boom. I, I mean, I've referenced this in my blog and on Twitter, but it kind of like encapsulates the whole Celtic season, how things have swung and with the team they've become where Horford it starts with Horford pitches it immediately to white white takes two dribbles, sees Brown up the floor, swings it to Brown, Brown attacks, draws help, doesn't force it, swings it over to Marcus. Marcus obviously pump fakes, draws two guys in the air, gets into the lane. At that point, it's basically a four on two. He had a wide open kind of mid-range shot. He easily could have taken, would have been a great look, makes the extra pass to a cutting Tatum, lays it in. I mean, it was <laughs> basketball and Nirvana almost. All five guys touched it, made a quick immediate decision that was the right decision, leads to, you know, about as easy of a look in basically the perfect amount of time. So again, the Celtics, on their three three final possessions scored and kind of executed perfectly gave up the three to Irving but again not much you can do about that and then played amazing defense the next time down so I agree with everything you said but it was different because in the actual crunch time in the actual final minute when everything was on the line the Celtics rose and and played their best and that's kind of the difference where like we said we've seen it a million times but you know last season beginning of this season the big lead starts going and then there's just no stopping it. The avalanche happens. I mean, if this game happens in, in early January, December, and that's probably a win by 12 comfortably. And the Celtics don't even put up a fight once they lose sure. the lead. So to battle back and kind of overcome that almost worst case scenario might be, you know, I hope maybe that's kind of a turning point of like, this isn't the team we are. We don't blow leads. We, we, we took your punch right in the mouth and we punched back and got the win. So I, I get all the things you said and they are scary and I don't want to keep seeing that, but the fact that they overcame that tremendous adversity and then put together the final minute or so that they did um, final few minutes really to battle back and ultimately win the game to me was just an incredible achievement and, and something that hopefully, you know, they can build on and becomes kind of a positive and a defining moment for this team where, you know, we're not just these front runners who, either beat teams by 25 or lose close games, we can do, we can do whatever has to be done and, and we can pull it out even when things aren't going great. Yeah. And like you said, as adversity is kind of something that we were, we've been talking about, um, you know, for probably a while now where it's because, you know, that's the only thing you can kind of say is this year. You win by too much to face adversity. Yeah, in the right. So like we haven't really experienced it and, and maybe the, handful of close games you know the last few months you know we have struggled in the last five minutes closing out so I think that's kind of was the biggest right. question mark for us and then we got to that point where you know the ultimate adversity we're up by 15 Nets bring it back to you know tie it up and then take a five-point lead and we managed to you know battle back get it close keep it close which I think you know shows a lot of growth is like you know, you might lose the lead 
And then, like you said, you know, Celtics of earlier this year, last year, we'd probably lose by double digits. You know, we'd be hanging our head and, you know, not know how to, you know, keep it close. But we kept it close, even though we lost the lead and then executed down the stretch. And then you kind of see, you know, you kind of see how, you know, how the Nets, you know, what they did in that last pay, that last play in contrast to what we did in the last play. It's kind of like old school, not old school, but like the last 10 years or so where it's like, you know, last, last play of the game or crunch time play, give it to your star, let them dribble, you know, move around, try and maybe draw two, give it to someone else or just take a tough shot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been, you know, how teams have done it the last, you know, for a while now, where it's like, you know, we saw it with Tatum the last few years where, you know, he can hit those shots, like mostly superstars, but it's not, it's not fun to watch. I mean, when they hit it, it's like awesome, but you know, right. I don't think you can it really lead argue to high percentage shots. Yeah. I don't think anyone can really argue honestly that that's the best play. And you saw how it worked out with, you know, the Nets, we pretty much, I'm sure that was, you know, we knew Kyrie was going to get the ball. And I'm sure that was part of the, you know, what Ime was saying was like, Hey, Kyrie gets the ball, Marcus stay glued to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Al, or if it turns into someone else, you know, put the clamps on him, make him give up the ball. Cause I mean, Irving can make unbelievable shots without any space, but you know, he's, not he may not see the cutter like he did with Bruce Brown. He may not see that guy. He wants to shoot it and you know hit the shot. So that was the right play. And then they figured he'd give it up to Durant if he didn't have anything. And you got to look at Tatum, who you know I'm assuming he was like, yeah, I'll take Durant, which he did for a lot of games, and he's a lot of the game, and he was confident guarding Durant one on one, which just shows his kind of you know his growth as a defender and his confidence. And like you said, he played about as good a defense on, you know, as he could have on Durant in that play and for most of the game. I I mean, really for the whole game, he did give him so much credit. And I think one of the few storylines that isn't being discussed enough, um, which, you know, look around the media and anywhere that the NBA is covered and you can hear pretty much any storyline from this game. And there are many, but the one I haven't heard enough is how, you know, everyone's just saying Durant struggled, Durant struggled, blah, blah, blah. He won't play like that again. He won't miss that many shots. Like, how about giving Tatum and the Celtics as a whole some credit for the way they defended him? Like, right. he maybe he may not have another game shooting that poorly, but again, he got beat up from the from the te- jump, and he can make tough shots, but, <clears throat> yeah, you know, when and, he's shooting, how many of his 24 attempts do you think were he was being suffocated? Like, yeah. And that's like, that's just like the people are saying, it's not going to be that bad. He's not going to shoot whatever low percentage would be that inefficient, but you know, it's not like he has to have a terrible shooting performance like he did. I mean, you know, he still scored 23. So it's not like he, you know, we held him to 10 points, but yeah, but you 23 know, it's points like, on 24 shots, yeah, you know, you got to make him, but you want, if you're the Celtics, we can make it tough on him every game. Like yeah. you can make him work for every basket. It's yeah. not like, and that's know, what he, they did. And that's what the, I mean, there's no reason to think the Celtics won't keep doing that. Yeah. I mean, he might, even if he scores 35 next game, it's like, you know, we're still going to play tough on him and mm-hmm. he's going to have to work. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, I get what people are saying, but it's not like, you know, it's not that cut and dry. And then no, no, just to sure. get back to like what we were talking about with, 
you know, that last play for the Nets. And then how you mentioned how it's like, you know, perfect basketball, Celtics ball. You like to see that we probably haven't seen in a while where, you know, all five guys touch it, move it, you know, move it around side to side, front to back. It was like, it was perfect. And yeah. that kind of just shows like the, you know, where the Celtics are and, you know, what I assume Ime has been preaching. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. Tatum ultimately got the ball and scored the point. So it's like your best player, your superstar scored the game wing bucket, but you know, it wasn't in the way that you see traditionally. And no. um, that was just great to see. And, you know, no, nobody on the team really, you know, it wasn't like they, you could tell everybody would have taken the shot. Nobody was afraid of it, but you know, they wanted the best look and they, I mean, they wanted to win the game. And I think that's kind of what you could, especially what you heard from people after the game. I know it's hard to, I mean, I know it's easy to, you know, talk the talk after the game, how like, you know, you do whatever it takes to win, but um, it really kind of seems like they just, you know, mm-hmm. they just really wanted to win that game. And um, <laughs> they played, yeah. you know, they played like it and they came through in the end. Yeah, and one more thing on the final sequence, too. I've kind of propped everyone up already, but also throw in Udoka for not only kind of empowering the guys all season as the way he has, but for not calling a timeout there um, and recognizing kind of that the Celtics had an advantage and that with pushing it up to Jalen quickly, we kind of had them on their on their heels and um, we were kind of like a step ahead of them uh, offensively. So no reason to call timeout and kind of give up that advantage and let the Nets sub. I mean, they add in... Drogic obviously wouldn't you know they would have put in their defensive guys basically for that last possession um so again great job by Ime I thought not calling a timeout easy to say with how well things worked out but uh I think it's all kind of tied together and I mean also the thing is like you keep saying extra pass extra pass and it really was because they swung it to Jalen he when he passed there was maybe four seconds left in the game he had Drogic on him it would have been a tough contested shot, but like he easily could have powered that thing right to the rim and maybe drawn a foul, maybe made a tough shot, maybe missed whatever. But like, I don't think anyone would have been devastated or blaming Jalen for taking that. It was still like a solid look. He swung it out to Marcus. Marcus probably what caught the ball with two and a half seconds left. Like no one could have blamed him if he did pull that three. Then after pump faking, like I said, he had basically what a wide open elbow jumper. Like that's about as good of a look as you can hope for in that situation. So I don't think anyone would have really faulted him if he didn't take that. Um, and then he obviously passed and we got the highest of percentage looks, but it's like, it's tough to be mad at anyone. And if you go back and watch all the angles, like when Jalen first drives into the lane, he could have hit Tatum for a pretty good look at a three too. Like there were options there. Cause we were kind of moving so quickly and the nets that didn't have time to recover, but it is just great. There were so many kind of ways that could have gone that would have left me at least like not disappointed um, and to just kind of get the, the best possible outcome is, is really, really great. And again, can't, can't give enough credit to basically everyone involved in the sequence. Yeah. And Ime definitely would have got, you know, if that play didn't work out, Ime would have been hammered obviously for not calling a timeout. Cause you know, that's pretty much what you do, but yeah. I definitely, you know, it was definitely the right call. And and realistically, reason- if he calls a timeout, what do we get Tatum ISO or a Tatum pick and roll, which again, not that that's a bad play, but we're probably ending up with a mid-range jump shot for the game that maybe has like a 45% chance of going in, which again, isn't bad, but like it's clearly inferior to what ended up happening. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the reason why it was so, you know, why it was so obviously the right calls too, because we were preaching even before the series started that we need to run, 
we're going to need a run to get, we need some easy buckets. Mm-hmm. And this game, we, we scored 50 transition points, I think 21 fast break points. I mean, when we ran, you know, we were dominating. And yeah. Which we got away from a little bit. I want to yeah, which we got, yeah, but we they came got out. Away. They came out. You could tell that was a focus. The first even five minutes of the game, like even off made baskets, smart was sprinting the ball up the court. Yeah. Um, I think our first basket of the game was off a of make smart sprinted it up off across half court bounce pass to a backdoor cutting Brown for a dunk. It was probably like a three second possession. It was like, yeah. okay, he may and, get and it. <laughs> when you get, when you have a team that's not good defensively, you get them in transition, you're going to get your best opportunity. Cause I mean, even, even bad defensive teams, if you come out of a timeout, you know, they, you know, put people where they're supposed to be. They can, you know, lock down for, you know, 16 seconds or whatever. They can play, you know, 10 seconds of good defense and, you know, make you take a tough shot. So, I mean, right. we got – that was our best opportunity, I think. And, you know, it, it obviously worked out. And also, too, that layup by Tatum was not, like – a gimme. I mean, I no. know it was um, ultimately was a layup, but yeah, he no, caught I mean, the ball spinning, immediately. Spun. Probably got fouled, maybe. But Irving. regardless, it's like yeah, no, it's like a spinning circus layup. Layup is not, you know. I mean, I guess for you know NBA players and people as mm-hmm. gifted as him, it's probably not that hard. But no, that, in his first that, few years, I'm not sure he makes that. No, and I mean, I mean, he probably could have done like a little bit of a, you know. I don't know, a little bit of a Euro, but I guess in, you know, I think he also probably knew he was running out of time and wanted to release it as quickly as possible. Right. So regardless, he made the right move. Um, If he, if he ran into Kyrie, probably an offensive foul, maybe, I don't know. Um, So whatever, in the heat of the moment, (laughs) I don't know if, I don't know if the refs are getting out of there alive. I I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if they could call it, but But don't give them the opportunity. Don't let them. Don't let Zach Zarba decide the game. All right. So, you know, it was that split second. He made the right call. I mean, that was, that Mm -hmm. was, that was about as good as it gets. Um, It was. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the play was set up by, you know, Jalen Marcus, even, you know, obviously Al getting the rebound and immediately going to the outlet, Derek White, Derek White gave it up to, you know, Jalen. I mean, we all saw what happened. It was just everybody did what they were supposed to do, made the right pass, and it just was perfect execution. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful to watch, truly. Hard hard to be more pleased with the way the game ended. That is for sure. Um, all right. Any more kind of macro takeaways from game one, I guess, not focused on how the game ended, but maybe more bigger takeaways um, from the first three quarters and beyond, I guess, basically everything up to the final five minutes. Um, no, I mean, I think the bench wasn't great, um, which was, you know, obviously mashed by Alan Marcus's offensive performance and defensive performance. So, you know, we got away with it, but I think we're going to have to get the bench a little bit more involved in the second, you know, game two, which I know we're going to get to. But, um, and obviously, Tice struggled a bit defensively, didn't do much on the offensive end. So, I mean, these are, I don't want to get too, you know, negative because it was a good game, but I think these are kind of the things that we're going to, we're going to have to talk about for game two adjustments. But um, other than that, you know, macro takeaways, I think we kind of, 
Uh, I think we kind of hit on them all. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I had a few and they're kind of tied into what you just said. Um, Tice, I thought things went fine as the game kind of started. I mean, the first quarter was, it felt like everyone was cranked up to like a level 12 out of 10 and things were just insane. Um, and the refs called 18 fouls, the most in any quarter in the NBA all season. So um, I don't know if the players were just that amped up. The refs were that amped up. Maybe they, kind of knew how intense things were going to be and they wanted to set the tone early we've seen that before and kind of as you mentioned those calls were not happening in the fourth quarter so it was a, like a very weird start to the game um kind of tough to process and I think it went all right but I think as the game went on it became more and more clear that I'm not sure uh this is going to be much of a Daniel Tice series I mean I think they'll still start him and at least keep him in maybe when and if Brooklyn plays Andre Drummond but uh, the Tice, especially kind of on the defensive end, I mean, on offense, they're basically just leaving him alone and, and daring him to do whatever he wanted. And on defense, uh, you know, they were just started attacking him. It really started with Goran Dragic. He was just getting downhill. They were going at Tice again and again and ending with layups or kind of open mid-range shots. And there's not a lot the Celts can do there. So I think, you know, they'll try to still steal some Tice minutes maybe to start each half. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this thing goes long, if he's really not playing at all. Um, just kind of amplifies the difference between him and Rob for all the talk about how well he's filled in. And he has. Um, he just, you know, has certain limitations, which Rob Williams obviously doesn't. And it seemed like the Nets kind of figured out that when they had Drummond on the court, they had no chance. Um, he hurts them in similar ways, even <laughs> to a greater degree, obviously. But if the Nets are just going to scrap that and go small with Claxton or Durant at the five, I think it's going to be tough to play Tice really much at all. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one. It's unfortunate because, I mean, Tice is overall a solid defender. No, it's not really his fault. Player. It's just a tough matchup for him. And like you were saying, when, you know, he playing on the switch, when he got when Kyrie or whoever got switched on him, you know, he let up a lot of, you know, easy buckets. I mean, he, it, that, that was just the guards that they have between Kyrie and Drogic. I mean, they can score, um, you know, if, if, if Tice, you know, goes under the screen, Kyrie or whoever is going to pull up. I mean, if he goes over it, I mean, they're going to, you know, they can blow by him, especially Kyrie. So it's just, it's a tough matchup. Obviously yeah. Tice can't stay with Durant and I don't know. So, <laughs> he's he's obviously not going to be well, it just th- where it got it, to the point where whoever i mean they were hi- hiding him on bruce brown or you know trying him on clocks and whatever but they were just putting him on action every time in the pick and roll and just going right at him right. So tice was dropping doing what he does but at the end of the day i mean it's kind of what got the nets going especially what got goron going um it's, it's just tough like you said yeah. it's just a tough matchup thing that i'm not really sure how to counter that other than not playing tice you know, it's it's going to be tough because we don't have, you know, we don't have a ton of other options. I mean, I guess Grant is the only other big, really. So it's like we're going to either have to play Al and Tatum mm-hmm. and Grant, you know, 40 minutes or, you know, yeah. Tice is going to at least have to take, you know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes or something to fill in the gap yeah. until Rob gets back. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But um, like I said, I think he'll still start and I don't. I don't know. I don't know that the Nets like aren't going to completely bury Drummond. And if they have Drummond out there, that's fine. Like Tice can play while Drummond is on the court. Um, 
I just don't think it's going to be a lot. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, it's the playoffs. Tatum is going to have to play 40 plus minutes. Al is definitely going to have to play 40 plus minutes, especially until Rob gets back. Like it just is what it is. That's the playoffs. These guys are young. I mean, Al's not that young, but uh, you know, be grateful. We got all this time off between games because we're going to need Al. He played, I think 41 minutes. I think Tatum played like 45. We're probably going to need that kind of effort every, every game to beat these guys. Yeah, luckily, Al hasn't played much the last couple of years, so maybe we. Yeah. In he reality, have it. He's, he should he's have a thirty-three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looks spry. I mean, take a second to talk about Al. Seriously, if you want to talk about positives, twenty and fifteen. You can talk about the numbers were there. He was just dominant on the glass on both ends. His defense. I mean, he was incredible. He switched on to everyone out there. He was hounding. He was doing multiple switches in the same play, um, you know, containing Kyrie on the dribble and then getting switching the close out on Seth Curry in the corner. Mm-hmm. He was on Durant. He was everywhere. Like he did not look like a 35 Al Horford. That, that looked like peak Al Horford, you know, playoff Al, like, geez, hard yeah. to, hard to, hard to not kind of go over the top talking about how incredible he was. Um, and the Celtics needed all 41 minutes of it and he's going to have to keep doing it all series, but. Yeah, that wow. was pretty much that's pretty wow. much Al at his best. And <laughs> he was keeping them in the games at times. And I mean, he was for a lot of that game. He was the best guy on the court on both ends. He hit his threes when he had to. We are, I mean, so many putbacks on the offensive glass and just everywhere on defense. He was unreal. Yeah, unreal. I, I think too. I mean, we kind of. I mean, it's pretty much implied, but we're not winning a game without Tatum, Marcus, Al, or Jalen. I think, which is you know which mm-hmm. is team basketball at its finest. I mean, yeah, you know, those are obviously your, your four best players have to play, you know, generally have to play well to win, but you take one of them out of this game <laughs> or one of them plays, you know, average or below average, average or below average game. Mm-hmm. And we're not winning this game. And it was like, you know, they all did different things that contributed to winning. I mean, they all scored a little bit, which we needed because the bench was, you know, not really producing offensively, but you know, Tatum played great defense. Marcus played defense. Al played great defense. Jalen played great defense. You know, he had four blocks. I don't know, two blocks and four steals. steals. So, I mean, it was like, you know, everybody, they all played defense. Mm -hmm. They all played, you know, offensively when they needed to. It was like, it was just, they all, we weren't winning with if one of them had an average game, I don't think, is basically what it comes down to. So, it was team team basketball at its best yeah i thought i mean horford and marcus played about as well as they can play um on both ends which isn't to say i don't think it's repeatable like i think they can consistently play that well but yeah they did pretty much everything right um tatum i think was the best two-way player that the whole game i mean you combine offense and defense he was the best player on the court i thought even Mm -hmm. with you know as hot as Kyrie was at times and whatnot already talked about how he essentially shut down Durant not you know no one's shutting him down but he defended him amazingly well all game his offense I can't say enough about like the way he just let the game come to him because I mean it was clear they were trying to shut him down from the go and what do you have seven assists in the first half like he was just reading the defense making all the right passes not forcing anything and just you know that was that's like almost a sign of a true superstar in a, in a playoff game like that letting the game come to you he didn't press at all he wasn't forcing it and sure enough you know things swung it came around and he got going and he still ended up with his 31 points to go along with eight assists but just the fact that he can come into the game not get frustrated and kind of use that to the Celtics advantage is 
so impressive where you see some of these other stars who don't have it going. And next thing you know, they got a two for 14 first half and they're just trying to anything they can to get it going. The fact that, you know, everyone's known how good of a scorer Tatum is, but that he can control the game in that way, not care that he's not getting his numbers. And he knows he's that good of a scorer. He can, they can do anything they want. He's still going to get to 30 by the end, but to be that patient, to do with that efficiently and to impact the game so positively in so many other ways, it, it all just speaks to the complete, player he's become and how impressive that was um then to touch on Jalen I think you know like I agree his defense was really good for the most part he was incredible maybe their best player in the last five minutes and you know they don't win that game without his crunch time contributions uh on both ends no doubt in my mind but I thought for the first three quarters he actually kind of left a lot to be desired I didn't really love the way he was playing on offense at all um and I think that's kind of one of the biggest things that needs to change going forward. And again, I think as long as well as you mentioned the bench uh, not scoring, I think Jalen, although he ended up with 23, it was a slow start. I thought he was, he missed a lot of shots around the rim where it seemed like he was kind of just forcing it, driving right at guys, expecting a foul and not getting it. He missed a few bunnies. And when he's trying to adjust um, and he really just kind of wasn't taking advantage of the matchup. We talked about how much they were hounding Tatum. Well, I mean, that means Irving or Curry or someone like that is trying to guard Brown. And I think we just have to be better about attacking that from the jump. Um, Jalen's been Mr. First quarter this year. That's kind of been the Celtics thing. He's usually the guy who comes out, sets the tone. He did that in the fourth quarter, but um, I'd like to see him kind of establish himself more in the first, really punish the defense if they're going to go sell out to, to stop Tatum because they just don't have that many good defenders. And, you know, we kind of go down the list. If the Nets want to play all these great offensive guys, we can't let them off the hook. And I thought the Celtics did that too much, especially at the beginning of the game where, you know, you're letting them play Seth Curry, Kyrie, Goran Dragic. Our personnel, like, if we're going to let them do that, play – that small and play the guys they want offensively we have to make them pay on defense and um i just didn't think we did that enough i was a little disappointed with jalen's kind of approach and execution in the first three quarters and then he obviously more than made up for it but i wouldn't say he had a great game and i think he's gonna have to be a lot better going forward for them to win this series yeah his his half court left something to be desired and like you said he missed a couple easy ones um i still think he contributed you know, on the fast break and transition, um, like he usually does. He wasn't, so I wasn't, wasn't bad. No, he wasn't a negative on offense. And, you know, the, the fourth quarter and last five minutes was, you know, crucial. Um, so when I say I don't think we could have went without him, I think it's mostly, you know. No, we couldn't have. You're his right. contribution offensively to, a, you know, mostly in the fourth and then, you know, just pushing the pace. And then defensive performance was great. Um, yeah. team and individual so it was I still think we, we needed him obviously for multiple for sure I was more just meant you were talking about kind of the big four our top four yeah. guys were all amazing and I think he's the one who there's definitely room for improvement like Smart Horford and Tatum couldn't have played much better for the entire yeah. game there's, Brown I think can play a lot better yeah there's 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 another level for Brown for sure but he's still his contribution was you know necessary for sure for sure and then, so we touched on Tice, obviously the fifth starter, but I think, you know, one takeaway from the series is it's going to be a lot more Derek White. Um, I think a lot of it's dictated by the matchup, the way the Nets play, what have you, but the Celtics are going to probably have to go small. They're going to have to do it sooner than later, and it's probably going to be 
Horford or Tice basically playing five with Tatum at power forward and two guards on the floor is the way that this is going to go. Um, which, I mean, I'm fine with that. You could still argue that even at full strength, there's a lot of people who thought that the closing lineup would have Tatum at four with White in there for Horford. Um, now without Rob, I think it's kind of an easy, even easier decision to make. And I think, you know, that's how they closed and it obviously worked out. Um, but I think, like you mentioned with the bench, I think Williams and White, they, I think they were both great on defense uh, for the most part. They did what they're asked. Um, Irving made a few tough shots over, over White. That's going to happen, but I didn't think he really did anything wrong. I think on offense, it definitely looked like White was pressing a little bit. Um, he, he had a couple brutal turnovers down the stretch, including, you know, that one where he stepped out of bounds, trying to kind of cut under the hoop. There's another possession where it looked like he had a wide open layup and he made an extra, extra pass out to Smart who missed the three where it's like, just take the layup. So it kind of... It kind of got back to that feeling of the early white when he was slumping, where it's like he almost looked afraid to shoot. Uh, we can't have that. He's been so good, even shooting the ball offensively the last 10 games. So I have really no concerns about his defense, but we need him to be the offensive player he's become and not kind of revert back to the the guy who stands around and the defense isn't worried about. Having said that, we, we need his rim pressure. Um, you know, we didn't bring him to Boston to stand in the corner and be a sniper. So if he just is taking good shots and missing them, kind of like when he first got here and we thought the shot would come around, which it did, I can live with missed shots. It's just the way he's playing. He's got to stay aggressive. He's got to keep attacking the rim. Um, you know, especially without Williams, we need the rim pressure that he provides is, is a critical element and he's going to be playing a lot in this series. So need him to kind of pick it up offensively. Um, and then Grant, again, his defense was awesome. Other than Tatum, I think he was the best, Durant defender and it seemed like he was really getting into him really being physical and it, it bothered KD so hard to be more impressed with Grant on defense but I mean again 0 for 4 from three point line is like you know where it's as great as the percentage is and he made it happen all season shooting over 40 percent but at the end of the day if you're still going to be a little timid you're not going to hit these open looks then the defense isn't going to respect it and then it's like it doesn't really matter what the percentage is if it doesn't change the way you get guarded out there which is something we've talked about a lot so um, you know, he's going to play a lot of minutes like we just discussed because of how good his defense is got to at least be hitting those corner threes with confidence though. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've kind of come to rely on him hitting, you know, those corner threes yeah. and it makes it like all he, work. Has to, he doesn't have to go like three for four every game, but you know, we no. need at least one or two, I'd say. And it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like he's going to put up 20 and, you know, like I said, go like you know five or ten from three and stats so don't uh, matter no it's just we need him to hit a couple so the defense respects him and you know i think he's probably done enough this year where it's like you know they're not gonna leave him wide open but um well, it's need just, to, they can't be in their him. own heads too with guys right. like grant and white are the ones who eventually the nets just say we're doubling tatum and we'll let you shoot as many wide open threes as you want they just got to keep shooting them with confidence you can't start to overthink it i don't want the guy standing there with no one on him not even looking at the hoop is kind of right. what exactly. can't have happen. So, and, you know, I think, you know, as young as Grant is, I think he's a, he's a confident player. And I think he'll, you know, he'll come around yeah. that. No, I'm so, not worried about it. It didn't look like that was the case. It's just concerning yeah. to see an 004. Yeah. I don't think an 004 night's going to, you know, turn him into no. back into a pumpkin and he's going to stop shooting threes. But um, yeah. So, I mean, and he had I a really, couple big plays, you know, he made a big layup. He had a big dunk off a pump fake in the corner. So, mm. He still contributed in in a lot of positive ways. Um, I mean, I know the box score said 
that he was like a minus 17, but it was basically yeah. just, unfortunately he was out there when the Nets made their big run and Irving went nuclear and yeah. it makes him look bad. But I, I don't think that represents how he played. Right. Yep. So, I mean, you know, I think there's room for improvement with a couple of the bench with the mm-hmm. bench and, um, you know, I think we'll get there probably in our, once we start to do our, uh, game two analysis, what we should, uh, where we're getting yeah. to, I think. Yeah, we're right almost there. The one other thing Preview. I want to mention bench-related was the one other guy who played, and that's Peyton Pritchard, who only played yeah. eight minutes. The Celtics were a minus seven in that time. He made his only shot, but I'm not – kind of like Tyson, just not sure how much Pritchard can play. Um, really changes the math defensively. He's more of a liability, as well as we've talked about how hard he works. He's just small, undersized, and – not that fast. Um, and I mean, again, I thought the first kind of quarter and a half, the Celtics did a really good job maintaining both Durant and Irving. But as soon as Smart went to the bench, uh, Pritchard and White came in a little a quick minutes communication, uh, a step slow before you know it, Irving has hit three threes and a layup. And it's like, oh, so, um, you know, another thing I mentioned in the blog, I think Celtics and Ime really have to consider just matching minutes smart for Irving. Um, if Irving's on the floor, I think you might have to have smart out there. I don't think he can. I mean, the white Pritchard combo defensively was, was not fun. And I just don't know if it's tenable as much as Pritchard shooting has been a kind of a, a boon for the Celtics down the stretch. And he's been really reliable off the bench. You might just have to scrap that minute, those minutes. Um, I think it's going to, it's going to end up being like almost, a six man rotation here for the Celtics, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's kind of the direction things are headed. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. That's where I was getting was, you know, seven, six, seven man rotation for, you know, until Rob's back for this series, at least. Cause you know, I think white, white in theory is a, you know, is a good fit for this series defensively. He's, you know, oh, a big, yeah. good, solid defender, wing defender. And uh, you know, he can defend, you know, guards, obviously. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think, think... If, if White's your smallest guy defensively, that's an advantage. Yeah. But if you've got Pritchard in there and then White's the second smallest, now it's it's a little bit dicey. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, and White's a great defender. Pritchard played eight minutes, and he's, Derek White, you know, only played twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's obviously that'll, not that'll go up. Yeah. So, I mean, I could easily see Derek White just taking all of Pritchard's minutes. Pritchard, you know. Yeah. Pretty much, it, you know, unless something happens, but well, and I think know. it'll be some minutes from Tice too, because I think yeah, he'll get go, some minutes. They'll go from smaller Tice. more. But I mean, if it, if it's Tice or Pritch, I'd rather see Tice. You know, I'd rather see Tice out there more than Pritchard. So I mean, if it's like, I think it depends he, who the Nets are, have out there, and it depends what we need. I mean, if the Celtics just go completely stagnant on offense and need a spark, they're maybe try trot Pritchard out there, see if he can hit a couple yeah. threes and bring you back to life. But um. I mean, obviously, Tyson Pritchard couldn't be pretty more opposite in terms of right. what, they, what they bring. So I think it's going to be situational. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely think there could come a point in the series where we need a few minutes from either of those guys or both or whatever. Um, but I just don't think it's something you can count on. And I think kind of the way that they were being utilized down the stretch in the regular season is is not at all what we should expect to see going forward. And I don't I don't know that the Celtics can really afford to do it. Like I said, I mean, maybe if Irving rests – you take smart out and you try to go with Pritchard until Kyrie comes back in, but we know Irving and Durant are going to play probably at least 40 minutes a night. So, you know, it's, it's, you're going to be, it's going to be scraps after that. Now, if Pritchard's a scrappy guy, if he can come in, play six minutes and hit two threes, 
that could be huge. You know, that helps us out. But, uh, yeah, I don't love having him on the court when Kyrie's out there. No. And, I mean, that's, a, you know, like you said, when Kyrie's out there, maybe, maybe you know, when Kyrie's out for assuming he plays, you know, 40 – well, he played 42 minutes. So, I mean, you know, maybe you bring Pritch in for, you know, a couple minutes when Kyrie's off the – you know, on the bench – See if he can get a couple, mm-hmm. you know, a spark for a couple threes yeah. or something. But yeah, other than that, I just don't think, you know, he's really playable much this series. Other than you know maybe some spot minutes here and there. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of with you. Um, all right, I think that kind of kind of covers it from the Celtics end. Any kind of reactions to the Nets, what they did, um, or kind of what would you say was about what you expected? No, I mean, I think that's they did pretty much what they had to do. I, I know, you know, third quarter didn't look great, but um, I think they kind of realized that at some point Drummond wasn't a great matchup, which I think most people knew going into the series. And yeah, they kidding. realized that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it took them so long to figure it out, but I think, you know, we said before the game too, or I, I was saying that, Claxton, I think, is probably their best bet to, you know, muck it up a little bit on defense. And he's, he is a good defender. And I know he, you know, he was hit or miss with Tatum. He might have gotten him a couple of times. Tatum overall, uh, you know, got what he wanted off of him or pretty much everybody. So, but, you know, Claxton played 30 minutes and I could see him playing even more. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, offensively, he's maybe a little bit of a, liability especially free throws but you know he's kind of like you know so is drummond i mean well yeah so is drummond too and beyond that uh, i don't know do you think they maybe dust off lamarcus aldridge and see if he can add anything i mean in in theory if aldridge has anything left in the tank this is probably the kind of matchup that would suit him yeah i don't know i I think i don't think that would really i think that would kind of end up being a disaster anyways and i mean he's like you said, in theory, he could provide yeah, something, I mean, but we haven't seen it in I a mean, while. Yeah, I, I think their best bet is to, you know, I could see Claxton playing 35 minutes or, you know, yeah. something like right. that. Probably so, right. And I mean, I think, I think they go small more with Bruce Brown, even though he's six four, almost playing a con- conventional center role um, yeah. with kind of Durant roaming to help. Um, I mean, especially if the Celtics aren't playing Tice, it's like the one thing is that I don't, they don't really have to worry about. Horford or Grant Williams posting him up and kind of giving him work inside. I mean, Al was, was beastin', but I think it's kind of like, you know, the lesser of all the evils where the Nets are like, all right, if you're just going to post up Horford on Claxton all day, we'll live with that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like Claxton, like we said, he's not really like an offensive player, but he's kind of like, he's a good screen setter. He's a good rim runner. Yeah. And like how we use, you know, Robert Williams at times, he's, he can hit, he can, you know, he'll put it back. He can get some offensive rebounds. He's a decent rebounder. Yeah, he and, is. He's uh, kind of like a homeless man's version of Rob. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a lob threat. I mean, he can, yeah, he can get, I mean, he scored 13 points on no, six of eight, but it's not solid. like, it's not like he was backing people down or. You no, know, God, no. And the same with what threes. I just said about the Nets. If, you know, no matter who's guarding Claxton, if they want to throw the ball into him and try to let him create his own baskets, be yeah. my guest. Yeah, absolutely. The more but, attempts he has, the better. So I think more collapse and less Drummond is probably mm-hmm. what we're going to see from them. Um, yeah. I mean, Drummond wasn't like 
I don't think he was terrible, but he, he had he had times where you know he was you know was fine, I guess. Minus but thirteen and seventeen minutes is a great he was he was probably he's pretty much what we expected, but yeah, he's Andre Drummond. Think, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Um, thought it was interesting too that Patty Mills basically didn't play. I mean, he played what maybe 12, 14 minutes, not a much. Minutes, it was yeah. and it was Goran Dragic who was. The guy one shot. Yeah. Right. Um, but Dragic, that was, I don't, I guess the unexpected piece to me, it seemed like he was washed. I don't, I think he scored double digits maybe once all season and he had what, 11 points in the first half. So, I mean, he's been, he was a Celtics killer in that bubble series against the Heat a few years ago. The Celtics can't let that happen. Um, and I mean, a lot of it was kind of him. He was, like I said, kind of the first one who came in and was like, hey guys, we can abuse Tice in this pick and roll. Um, but the Celts, you know, they can't let that happen again. We talked about how kind of the key is not letting any of the ancillary guys get confident. They let Dragic get into a great confidence, great rhythm. Can't have that. Cannot have that. And again, need to attack him relentlessly if he's going to be in there on defense. They didn't really do that. Um, and I think Dragic played almost 30 minutes and was a real pain in the ass out there. So that was a good find for the Nets. I don't know if that was expected and they were just kind of waiting to do that for the playoffs and, Maybe that is the case. Maybe they just kind Secret of weapon. into it. Yeah, but I mean, that's something the Celtics can't let happen again. Um, Seth Curry played a lot, and I thought he started out well. I feel like, I think he only ended up with nine points. And it feels like almost all of them were in the first quarter. Um, he had got open for a few baskets right off the jump, which I'm kind of okay with. And the way, you know, he was working, running through multiple screens, and then settling for like a mid-range jumper. That's all right. I mean, Curry's been hurt pretty bad he looked a lot better at the beginning of that game than he has at all down the stretch for the nets but i was generally fine with the way the celtics yeah. handled him all i would like of his again points were first quarter uh, there you go yeah. it, it felt like it felt like he came out on fire which i was like oh no because he was one of those kind of ancillary guys who worried mm-hmm. me but he did nothing after that it was all kind of Drogic, um and the main two so i was fine with whatever the celtics did with him but another guy who, if he's going to play 30 minutes, we should be going at him every time. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying with, with Jalen Brown, um, which I think is largely who Curry will be on. That, you know, like I said, I don't want the Celtics to get bogged down to isolation, but run actions at Curry. Whoever Curry's guarding, if Curry's guarding Jalen or even Marcus, then that should be the guy setting the pick on, you know, Tatum or whoever's the handler every play <laughs> make Curry defend the more you make Curry and Dragic and even Irving all of their guards basically defend Brown and Tatum the better yeah and I didn't I didn't feel like the Celtics did it enough not that I was like disappointed overall with the Celtics approach and attack and the way they played offensively for most of the game but that to me is if they're going to have those guys out there especially two of them at once or you know throw Patty Mills in there whoever it's going to be combination of guards you have to attack them way more than we did yeah, that's definitely. I'm I'm sure we'll see that adjustment next game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had we've had the time to look at the film, and I think, you know, Ime and these guys are smart enough to see. You know, they for for the things they did great, there was definitely some opportunities they did take advantage of, of, especially with these you know, these guards for the for Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a key to me. If they're gonna go small, we gotta punch them, and they basically have no choice but to go small so <laughs> that is and gonna I mean, happen we kind of need to go small too mm-hmm. so, but i, mean, I are kinda... small 
can be still a lot kind of bigger than yeah, their small, uh, if that makes sense. But I mean, if it's if if they smart go and small, white are both big, strong guards. Like if it's Marcus Smart and White matched up against like Irving and basically any of those other three guys, like that should be advantage Celtics for anyone. I mean, Smart can post up either of those guys. We didn't see much of that. I'm going um, small. If, too, like you know, just if either we way. both go small. That's advantage Boston. Is you know what kind of what I'm getting to. So it I should think, be. I mean, I yeah. think going big or small, either way, the Celtics yeah. should have the advantage. But we just have to do a better job of kind of going to those things that make it so theoretically advantageous for the Celtics. Yes, exactly. And I think they will. I think we're, we're probably we're a little caught off guard by. Drogic kind of looking like his old Phoenix Suns version of Drogic after basically not doing anything all season. So hopefully that's an easy adjustment and we don't see him kind of getting loose like that again. Um, Yeah. I mean, otherwise I think it was about what you'd expect. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, we already touched obviously in our breakdowns, we've talked a lot about things that we expect to change um, and things that need to change and what will change, but any other, I guess, expectations or adjustments for game two from either side that you think we'll see that you want to see that we haven't touched on yet. Um, nothing really. I think we've pretty much touched on it all. Um, I'd like to see like, you know, the, the obvious ones are dice probably isn't going to play as much. Um, Pritch probably not going to play as much if at all. And I just, I'd like to see white out there more. And I think, you know, if he plays more minutes, he's going to probably be more aggressive and be able to find, you know, more of his game. And I think he has to stay aggressive. He has, he's going to have to be aggressive and score more for us. I think, you know, to win this series and to win the next game, even it's just, he's a good matchup in theory. You know, nobody's going to shut down Kyrie, but he's, you know, he's probably one of our better, he's one of our better defenders, you know, that can guard him. And I think, you know, I don't think Drogic, Drogic is going to have that same sort of output, but if he tries, I think White has, is a good, uh, you know, a good person to put on him to, you know, especially, you know, even early, if Drogic is going to come out and think like, you know, that's who he is, then we got to at least put some pressure on him early to, you know, get him off his stride, uh, you know, at the beginning of the game, just so he realizes, you know, you're not that guy anymore, hopefully. <laughs> um, but so I think, you know, I think just playing less Tice, less Pritch, more Grant, more White, I think that's basically going to be the biggest adjustments for us. Um, you know, and as well as we did on fast breaks and transitionally, I think that's got to be even more of a, we got to put even more emphasis on that. I think, you know, whenever every right rebound we come with, come down with defensively, I think we should be, you know, flying up court because Brooklyn can't defend us when we're in transition. And that's our, that's the easiest way for us to get easy points. And I think we're going to see even more of emphasis on that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like you said, taking advantage in, in the half court, taking advantage of, you know, matchups. their, their matchups or our matchups against their guards pretty much. And those are probably going to be the keys. And, you know, Al and Marcus realistically probably aren't going to score 20 points a game. So we're going to need white and grant to hit some more buckets. We need grant to hit a couple shots from, from the corners from his office, as they say. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think basically, I think we played the game. I think we played about as well as we could have given, you know, how poorly Tyson Pritch matched up. Um, it was mostly that fourth quarter, just letting them come back and take the lead. That was, if we clean that fourth quarter up, you know, we win that game going away. And um, yeah. I think, I think we have the adjustments. We can make the adjustments and they're, you know, fairly obvious. So as long as we do it and execute and, you know, unless Brooklyn finds some, you know, Achilles heel for us, then we should, you know, we should be back in the, in the driver's seat here and, you know, hopefully make short work of the series. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of with you. There's no sweeping big changes other than, you know, I mean, I talked about maybe keeping matching the minutes smart for Irving, but um, like nothing crazy, you know, strategy wise, no schemes. Like I thought what they did was good. Um, I liked the way we were switching was, you know, similar to our base defense in the regular season, but obviously some, some tweaks in there. Um, yeah. I mean, I might like to see kind of a, a little more um, trying to get, get through some more screens we'll see if that's emphasized more especially with Irving just how it seemed like he was able to to kind of get the matchups he wanted and get going there a little more than and I think any of us wanted to see but again we kind of talked about that's you know with those two <clears throat> it can happen just hope that they don't both completely go off at the same time which again I think the way we kind of kept flying at Durant um it seemed like Odoko really knew what he was doing there. I kind of loved what we were doing, making really close in the lane. Like we've said, not, didn't let him get anything easy, whether it was Grant or Tatum guarding him or, you know, whether it was Brown or William uh, Brown or Horford of their switches, whatever Marcus a few times, you know, there were always guys coming at him, never let him get into any kind of rhythm, any kind of comfort zone needs to keep doing that all series. Um, and, you know, I'd like to, they're obviously different players and everything's different, but I'd like to kind of attack Irving in a similar way, um, which we didn't really do. I thought we'd just let him have too much space and get a little too comfortable out there, especially when anyone not named Marcus Smart was guarding him. Um, he cooked Tatum a few times, which for as good as Tatum was on Durant, when he got switched on to Irving, it did not go that great for the Celtics, I felt like. Um, but again, not like major adjustments anywhere other than what we've already talked about with kind of rotations and stuff like that. I think keep doing more of what you're doing on, on both ends and just kind of emphasize it and don't get away from it. Cause like you said, we, we did it in the third quarter, the way the Celtics came out in the third quarter was like the, what we've seen in the regular season where they just come out in the third, look like a different team and almost ran the nets off the floor. Like I said, we pushed the lead up to 15 and it felt for a minute, like we were kind of a few possessions away from maybe turning in that game into a runaway and kind of coasting to the finish. Obviously it didn't go that way, but just keep doing doing that stuff, the stuff that got us that lead. Keep playing like that, and I think we'll be all right. Um, like I said, the first quarter was – and really the first half was such a – so weird where it felt like there was almost too much juice. It felt kind of like a, like almost like a finals game or like a March Madness game where there's almost too much hype and buzz and everyone has needed some time to kind of settle into the game. Um, I don't think that'll happen again. I mean, you mentioned it with Derek White. I looked back. He hasn't played in a playoff game in three years, and he's only I was played. Wondering two, that, yeah. He only has played in two playoff series his whole career. Uh, the first one, you know, in his in 2018, he was 23. I think he got hurt. He, he well, he wasn't. He only played in 18 minutes, so he wasn't really a part of the rotation then. The next year, he made it 
did play a lot more. They lost in seven in the first round to Denver. Well, let's just say this series and atmosphere and intensity in his role is a little bit different than what I'm guessing a uh, 2019 Spurs Denver series was when he was a 24 year old getting kind of his first real taste of playoff action. So I think it's fair to give him, you know, at least a game there to kind of be like, whoa, uh, make the adjustment. But yeah, I think we both expect him to be better going forward, at least on offense. Yeah. The, the making it harder on Irving, which I know you said, keeping uh, maybe matching minutes with Marcus, um, to an extent, we gotta we just gotta make it a little bit harder on him. I mean, he's he's awesome. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna score. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, like the way it's not like you know we didn't try. It's just he's yeah you know, he's gonna have some games like that. So we just and even some little... of the shots he made on like Pritchard and White, it wasn't like they did anything wrong. I mean, some of those it was like he was full sprinting in transition, pulling up at the three point line in their face, and they were pretty decently contesting. It's just with him. Yeah. You know. So, I mean. He's going to, he's going to score, but we just, we have to make it harder on him. Mm-hmm. Durant's probably going to score more than 23 next game. So, I mean, maybe they balance out a little bit there from, you know, scoring perspective. I mean, honestly, like Drogic was kind of the difference. Yeah. Like he, you know, he kept the minute, especially in that second quarter. Felt like he kept them in it. Yeah. I mean, he had 11 points in the first half. So, I mean, but I think you know, it also nine in the second quarter amplifies the, the point that, for the Nets to stay with the Celtics, they're going to need someone else to step up. This game, it was Dragic who stepped up and kept them afloat. I mean, without yeah. that contribution, I'm not sure they're able to be in this game. He kept them alive, and then obviously Irving was able to go on the huge run late to get them back. But if – I mean, we keep saying it over and over again, but if you just shut down all those other guys, trust the defenders we have on Irving and Smart – I mean, on uh, Irving and Durant, okay, you, you got to like the Celtics' chances. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like how these, how these you know top-heavy star, all superstar teams. That's kind of how they're built. Is you know you have those two guys or three guys, you know you know what they're going to do pretty much, and then you need you know these someone one or two of these ancillary players to have a have a good game every game or contribute somewhere um, in order to win. And you know, like you said, Dragic did that. Claxton, you know, gave them some bo- easy buckets. But, you know, maybe Drogic next game is, you know, turns back into a pumpkin and Seth Curry hits a few more threes. I mean, it's – we mm-hmm. just – we have to make sure that those – we can't let the ancillary players beat us. Because yeah. Irving and Durant are going to get theirs. We got to make it hard on them, but we, we can't let people like Drogic, you know, do what they did. I mean, if, if we if Drogic plays like you know he did most of the season, first half, I mean we're probably you know we probably have a ten point lead going into the yeah. half, and then who you know who knows what the rest of the game is like. So yeah, I think if Jalen played well and Drogic didn't play the way he did, the Celtics should could have been up big, um, and in that third quarter probably could have pushed it out of reach. Um, obviously those things didn't happen, but I think it's you know something to look at going forward, and I'm sure Ime has looked at it plenty. Yep. So, Probably feels we'll, like we never should have gotten into the tight game that we did. Yeah, we definitely let it get away from us. And I think the adjustments are pretty obvious. And Emei's probably a little bit, you know, a little bit smarter than we are when it comes to basketball. Let's in hope. theory. So, <laughs> Let's hope you know, so. I trust yeah. that he's going to, you know, make yeah. the right adjustments. 
absolutely no reason not to really so all right having said all that um i guess has have any of your thoughts or expectations changed in terms of the series as a whole um you picked celtics in six i picked celtics in five do you still feel good about that um and just beyond that prediction the way you felt in general about the series as a whole has anything changed uh at first i mean you know before we hit the before tatum hit that bucket i was like you know this is this is bad i mean i I think if we lost i think what i said too last time is that it might be close the first three or four games yeah. And we might go back and forth. And the reason why I had six was, you know, I could see it being, you know, two, mm-hmm. two, and then kind of, we figure it out, make the right adjustments and then, mm-hmm. you know, win the last two. And then it's like, all right, now we figured it out and we're a better team than they are. Um, so ultimately I think looking at game one, it was, you know, pretty much exactly what we didn't want to happen and kind of what I was hoping, kind of what I was hoping wouldn't happen, but, could see happening which was you know them mucking it up and um but that third quarter showed you know why we're the better team and what we can do so i think the adjustments are pretty obvious and if we make those adjustments um i think we you know i still think we're on track to you know six at most and i think i'm almost more encouraged you know after see after the game even though you know, mm-hmm. it was almost a heartbreaker and devastating. And, <laughs> you know, I yeah. probably would have, I probably would have been, you know, I, w- I would have been hitting the panic button if we lost, but. Right. Well, to kind of get the, the monkey off your back of yeah. the blown lead and the crunch time thing in game one. I mean, it's pretty, we all knew in the back of our minds, even the most confident Celtics fan knew like, uh Oh, there's still that what happens in crunch time. So to come through and win a game in crunch time like that, which we thought would be basically, the hardest thing for us to do. I mean, you, they gotta be brimming with confidence and, you know, I'm not saying they're going to blow them out in game two, but I, we, sh- I we think should, we should consider blowing them out in game two. <laughs> we know, we know what needs to be done. Now. Yeah. We, we, it played out. We saw what happened. And we know that we can do it. I mean, yeah. to actually go out and get it done, like a buzzer beater to beat the Nets in game one, being down one is, <sighs> How can they be feeling much better about themselves? All right. So I think, you know, um, I'm equally, I'd say, as confident as I was going into it. And I still think, yeah, you know, I think this this is either a, you know, what the series is going to be, or this is the catalyst to be like, okay, we know we can do it now. You know, we let them kind of stay in it and get away with one, even though we pulled it out. Um, but I think now kind of, you know, they know, like, we're better than this team. We we can make these adjustments and let's just go out there and take care of business next few games. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I still feel confident. I mean, like you said, there was a, when we were down five sitting through that timeout, I was sitting there thinking like, why couldn't we be playing the friggin' Raptors or the Bulls? <laughs> what is what have we done? <laughs> um, yeah. But no, like you said, to to prevail after all that and you know, I don't want to, you know, have every game play out like that, but 
all the, it's a win. A win's a win at the end of the day to do it in that kind of fashion. And now the Nets are sitting there thinking about it and thinking like, oh, we did all that. We came back. We did all. like there's two ways of looking at it. You can look that was at it their chance. Yeah, right. You can look at it from the Celtics' perspective on a negative sense and say, oh, like, we outplayed them for three quarters. We had a 15-point lead, and it didn't – and we, you know, Durant had a bad game, and we still barely won, needed a buzzer beater just to win at home in game one. Like, that's not great for the Celtics. Or you could look at it from the Nets' perspective and say – you know, we fought back, we came all the way back, we took the lead, we should have put them away, Irving went completely off, uh, Jalen didn't play great, and, you know, we blew it, we still blew a chance to win in their building, so, like I said from the start, you can kind of spin it either way, but at the end of the day, the Celts are up 1-0, um, you know, nothing dramatic happened to be like, oh my god, we're screwed, or them, um, so yeah, I mean, I still think the same way as I did going in, it's just now, they have to win four out of six instead of four out of seven. And we only have to win three out of six. So there's no reason to not like our chances better. Um, My prediction of five games felt a little ambitious at times, but (laughs) again, if, you know, it's just winning these games. And I said, my prediction, I think I said one of the first two games would be very close with the Celtics will pull it out and the other would be a blowout. Um, So Mm -hmm. go out and hopefully, you know, Wednesday night is that game where everything just clicks. The garden is, unreal and we can run them out of the gym and then we're up 2-0 going back to Brooklyn you'd have to feel pretty damn good um you know we'll see what happens tomorrow night obviously a loss and going back 1-1 and I won't be feeling this good but uh for one game starting to catch my breath starting to to, you know get ready to at least move on because it was a lot it was a lot to process it was the first home court uh Celtics buzzer beating playoff shot ever that was six all-time buzzer beaters in the playoffs all on the road oddly enough so first ever pretty cool yeah, this the confidence meter in the series i think is, is going to be game to game and yeah you know if like you said if tomorrow night comes around the you know nets look good and beat us you know even if they don't beat us with ease but they come in and you know, it's kind of a wired and then they just kind of, you know, play better than us. Then all of a sudden it's like, all right, mm-hmm. maybe then the confidence meter is pointing down. So, right. But I think it's the, not, the way I, both I, of these teams are is like, even if we were up three zero, I would still not feel great. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause even any, I could see a sweep where every game comes down to the final possession or, you know, I could see a couple blowout blowouts back and forth and we go seven. Like, right. Like you said, it's so game to game, but that's why ultimately getting the win is all that matters. And, you know, the score is 1-0. That's the only thing that matters. We did what we had to do, and we got to do it again on Wednesday night. Yeah, for for my health, I would say I would like to see one one comfortable Oof. win here and there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can – if my body can withstand seven of those. No. Um, so, yes, like I said, Celtics, please – Wednesday night, let's let's go out and get a nice thirty point win, so that we can we can exhale a little bit. Yes, agreed. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on game one or game two or Celtics and Nets in general? No, I don't think so. I mean, we spent over an hour talking about one game, so I think that's. I think we got pretty in depth there. <laughs> I honestly though feel like you could write a novel about oh, that. Yeah. Game. You could write a novel about the last five minutes like it was it's worthy of (laughs) this much attention 
that's why uh, that's why NBA playoffs is you know that's why they're so much fun. Yeah, it's I mean it's the best. I don't know how you can watch that game and not uh, man. It kind of checked every box, and that's round one, <laughs> game one. Right. Jesus. Long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Um, yeah. So okay. Um, then so final thoughts. One, the one other thing we can discuss, and that is, of course, our most beloved, our most trusted um, son, Marcus Smart, officially named the Defensive Player of the Year. Wow, what a moment to have Gary Payton, the only other guard to win the honor, live at the Auerbach Center to surprise Marcus and present him with the trophy and the award. Um, very cool moment. If you haven't seen the video, go check it out. Udoka said today that he actually, at the end of their film session, he held Marcus back, told him he wanted to go over some stuff with him one-on-one. The rest of the team went out and got ready. Um, and then you could see the moment on film where Smart comes out onto the practice court, sees everyone there, sees Gary Payton. Um, That's with, awesome. Yeah, it just, it's just awesome. a cool moment. And you could see just kind of the pure joy. Some of those other guys, Jalen and Al um, and Rob and – Emay right in the middle of it all, you know, dousing with water going crazy. You can just see it. That's, you know, a team that they all like each other. They were all just as happy for Marcus as he was. And Marcus was happy. I mean, this meant a lot to him and it's, it's well-deserved. He's been through some, you know, ups and downs. And I, you and I have been fighting the good fight, but there's some people, even Celtics fans, for whatever reason, who have just never warmed up to Marcus, never embraced him. And, it feels good to see him get this kind of recognition on a league-wide basis. I mean, defensive player of the year, that's a big deal. The yeah. whole league. Um, and you just couldn't be happier for him, really. Happy, yeah. proud, emotional, all those things. Uh, it's, a, it's a historic <laughs> moment. I it mean, is. Only the second guard to ever win. Only the second Celtic ever to win, other than KG. Um, yeah, just just really cool. Yeah, and you know, hopefully maybe this is a little bit of a changing of the guard moment. No pun intended where, (laughs) right. You know, I mean, you see, like, I think like a lot of people, like the emphasis, emphasis they're putting on defensive player of the year this year was, and a lot of things you kept hearing over and over was that it's a perimeter game now. It is. And there's no need for people to put a premium on, you know, centers or big men, because I mean, you know, it's not that centers and big men can't be great defenders, but it's not like they're the only thing it's not like they're the only like line of defense mm-hmm. these days between you know a good and bad defense because right a lot of shots happen from the perimeter and if yeah the whole game's played out there and even it, i think Pey- peyton said it at one point a while back on his podcast when they first asked gary about it and he said that you know even when he played he's like you know he was just defending point guards like smart yeah. defends everyone <laughs> He's a point guard by nature, and that's what he plays on offense, but he guards whoever. He switches everything. He's in the post. He's on the perimeter. He's, you know, doing it all. And like you said, the game on offense is played through the perimeter. It's, you know, Rudy Gobert, you watch him last night in the playoff series. The other team's attacking him. Teams aren't attacking Marcus Smart, like, no no matter what. They see Rudy Gobert, and they see a mismatch. And you can talk about, oh, he's so great at this and that and whatever, but, like, when the games matter, you want a guy like Smart who can do it all on both ends. We've talked about, you know, how he's quarterbacked this defense, all the switching, all the rotations. He's in there getting in guys' faces, yelling. He's talking so much, communicating it all. He's making it all happen, and they've had the best defense in the league, and it's it's not a coincidence. It's not a surprise. It's, it's so much 
do to him and the way he plays. And it's eight years of this. He's been doing it. Um, so just great to see him get the get rewarded for it, basically. Well earned. Congratulations, Marcus. Good for Marcus. Absolutely. Good for Marcus. Good for the Good team. For everyone. Good for everyone. Yeah. Good for us. Good for us, exactly. Big win for the, smart, for the market. Yeah, I would like to think that my campaigning over the years for Marcus has in some way helped yes, shift, shift the voters. The cause. I feel like it. <laughs> All right. And I mean, hey, hopefully that's one more thing that, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll have like a, I'm sure they'll have some kind of trophy presentation or some acknowledgement um, at center court. Wednesday night oh, yeah. before the game or something, nice. get a little, little extra juice in the building or whatever, you know, come out of the gates flying around or whatever. So, it's it. a pretty good, pretty good twenty-four hours for for Marcus. Very. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll just about do it. Time to go break down some film, dissect some other things, really get ready for game two, and then it'll be two more, two more long days off before game three Saturday night in Brooklyn. So. Hopefully we'll be coming back between every game with a breakdown. I don't know if we'll have this much to talk about after every single game, but honestly, I would not be surprised at all if we do. No. So thanks for listening. As always, Chuddy Heads, we appreciate it. We'll be back soon. Buckle up, strap up, get ready for another war. Wednesday night. Should have never sent him to pick up the work for Spray the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tech cursive on the jets, he was gonna Sean John him. They was sleeping on the guards and it dawned on.